After a thrilling comeback on Tuesday, the Cardinals get a solid outing from Jack Flaherty and do some yard work to take the series in Denver. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and on YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. That way you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Most of Cardinal Nation is likely smiling today because the boys have now won back-to-back games that look a bit more like the team that we thought they were instead of the team that had lost six of seven coming into Tuesday's game in Colorado. So let's take you back to Tuesday real quick for just a moment, uh, down six to two and seemingly left for dead. And it's okay to admit it. It's okay to admit it that you didn't think they were going to come back. Did you, you didn't. That's okay. I had my doubts too. I had my doubts too. And uh, that's what losing, (laughs) that's what losing will do to you as a fan and as a player, you know, you, your confidence, it tanks. You you lose that that bounce in your step, that that extra oh uh, confidence and, the, you know, feeling good about yourself. It's gone. Heck, some of you may have even turned off that ball game after Michaelis gave up that third home run. You might have done it, and it's okay. I wouldn't blame you if you did. But this team, it hasn't been that much fun to watch. And so they – don't have any reason for you to keep watching when they're going to keep playing ball like that. But lucky for the Cardinals, on Tuesday night, the game of baseball goes nine innings on most nights, right? And in the seventh, the team mounted a furious two-out comeback that was capped off by a Nolan Arenado three-run double to tie that game up. Then in the ninth inning, with the game still knotted up, Storm and Gorman rips an absolute missile over the wall in right field to give the Cardinals the lead. They tack on two more, get the win nine to six. And everybody feels a little bit better. Kind of a sigh of relief moment. And it's games like this that can help turn around a team. When you're in a funk, that kind of win does a lot for you. It'll rebuild that confidence. It'll give you that strut back into your step. Um, It gives you the belief once again that, hey, we are pretty good. Like, maybe we don't suck, you know? Because you start feeling that way about yourself when things continue to not work out. It makes you feel more like any deficit, no matter what it may be, four, five, six runs, whatever it is. You, It's not too big. You can come back from that, especially at Coors Field, too. You should never lack confidence in coming back in Denver. Uh, in Tuesday's game, you had Jordan Walker extending his hit streak to 11. You had that phenomenal catch by Britton Donovan in left field with the game in the balance still. Uh, you got dingers from Tommy Edmond, Juan Yepes, and then Gorman in the ninth inning. Even Michaelis. Even Michaelis, bear with me, even Michaelis looked pretty darn good until that ill-fated fifth inning where the Rockies basically were taking batting practice off of Miles. I I know I sound like the eternal optimist here, but besides that inning, 
Besides that inning, you got to admit, Miles looked pretty darn good. A lot of encouraging signs uh, there for Michaelis, who until that point looked more like the all-star version that we've seen from him over the years than uh, a guy that so far this year has an ERA over 10. Yeah, yeah, that's right. After three starts in the 2023 season, Miles Michaelis' ERA is at 10.05. Stinks. Um, He's going to be better. He's got to be better. He's not going to get worse than this. And those first four innings were proof, in my opinion, that he can be better than what we've seen so far. Hey, shout out to the bullpen on Tuesday as well, who came in and dropped the the shutout hammer, allowing just two hits over the last four innings. Uh, Both of those hits were off of Ryan Helsley in the ninth inning. They didn't walk anybody. They punched out seven. Outside of Jordan Hicks and the one real bad inning by Andre Pallante, this bullpen has done a very good job. Granted, they've had a they haven't had a lot of leads <laughs> to protect. They've been they've been pitching while losing, but still the bullpen is two and one after today's win. Their ERA at three point three two, which is ninth in all of baseball, and they've struck out fifty hitters in forty three and a third innings. That that's getting it done. You eliminate Hicks's disgusting ten point eight zero ERA in five innings and Polante's seven point one one ERA in six and a third. And you've got some pretty dazzling numbers from the bullpen. I did the math here. The rest of the bullpen has only given up five earned runs over 32 innings for an ERA of 1.41. That's really, really good work. The rest of the bullpen should be applauded for doing what they've done and considering the fact that they're coming into games usually around the fifth inning because the starting rotation hasn't been able to go past five except for Jordan Montgomery. Okay? So high five. Way to go, bullpen. Hey, let's talk about today's 7-4 to win. Plus, we're going to break down the good, the bad, and the ugly about this entire series next on Locked on Cardinals. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays. They're back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you got to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You know it's safe. You know it's secure. It's super easy to use. They don't want to make it complicated. They want you to enjoy your time when you're making bets on that FanDuel app. And you can bet on everything you can imagine, whether it's the Cardinals winning the division or even the championship. How about prop bets? You can do that, too, on how many runs they're going to uh, end up scoring. Uh against Pittsburgh this weekend. You could do that. Uh, how many home runs they're going to hit against Pittsburgh this weekend? Uh, all of that up for grabs on FanDuel. And it, and it doesn't even have to pertain to the Cardinals if you don't want it to. You can bet on any of the teams in Major League Baseball. Will the Tampa Bay Rays ever lose? 11-0 at, at the time of this show. 11-0 and have beaten the Red Sox the last two. So they've earned my respect, that's for sure. Uh, don't miss out on your chance to get the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. So let's talk about today's game. Jack Flaherty. He's had a very strange start to the season, wouldn't you agree? It hasn't been the uh, the easiest by mean by any means. Uh, five shutout innings. Let's go back to Toronto. That first game, five shutout innings, five no hit innings. But again, he walks seven guys <laughs> and hits a guy. Uh, that's not great. Uh, against Milwaukee, five innings, two runs on four hits, six walks again. Uh, the walks clearly a disturbing trend, and having to pitch at Coors Field now had a few of us uh, a little bit nervous, I, and I certainly was. And, of course, one pitch into the game, you're like, oh, boy, here we go. Uh, first pitch of the game by Jack Flaherty, jerks and Profar, gone. Knocks it over the wall. 
uh, in right field. But uh, outside of that, Jack looked pretty good. He looked pretty good. Uh, he goes five and a third, two runs, one of those earned, which was the home run, on five hits. He strikes out six and walks only one Rockies hitter today. Just one. His cutter, his slider, they were beautiful. They were absolutely beautiful today. They were just sliding over like a lot of cut, a lot of late movement on those pitches today. And when he needed to, he would sneak in that four-seam heater, uh, which I saw hit 96 at one point today. He looked like a pitcher. He looked like a pitcher as opposed to the guy just out there throwing the ball and constantly trying to find the, you know, the right, the right arm slot, which is what he's been doing in the first two games. He looked, dare I say, a lot like the Flaherty from a couple of years ago. I know, shh, keep it, keep it on the down low. Let's not jinx it or anything, but I was impressed with what Jack Flaherty was doing today. And he looked confident out there on the mound today. He didn't look like he got frustrated by, by anything. Uh, the one walk that he did have, he kind of slipped when it happened. Granted, he went 3-0 on that hitter to start it. But at the same time, he pretty much put it where he wanted to put it. Uh, I know he was giving poor Contreras a workout there behind the plate with some of those pitches because they were moving so much where Contreras was way over here sliding, trying to make sure that the ball didn't get past him. Uh, so Contreras earned the paycheck, at least from behind the plate today. Um, but something to build on for sure with Jack Flaherty. I, I, I liked what I saw today out of him. Offensively, we got a pretty complete game from Tyler O'Neill, who went bro-neal in the second inning when he sent that ball sizzling over the center field wall and center uh, scorching the shrubbery out there. 461 feet away from home plate, his first stinger since opening day. He also played a solid center field per usual. He stole a base. He scored twice. That is the guy that this team needs, and hopefully we'll see more of him moving forward this season. Your big dogs, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, they feasted again. Arenado uh, DHing today with his second big fly of the year in the fourth inning. Uh, did it with a man on, which gave the team a three to one lead. He's now hitting 327 this season, has a team leading 13 RBIs, five in the past two games. Goldie goes two for four, ho hum, and an insurance RBI in the ninth inning to make it seven to four. He had five RBIs in this series. He's hitting a team high 364, which is now sixth in the National League. His OBP at 491, which is third in the National League. Nolan Gorman. Holy crap, Nolan Gorman, dude, you got to like what you're seeing here. Go ahead, home run on Tuesday night. Does it again today after the Rockies came back to tie the game 4-4 four to four after scoring a couple runs off of uh, Drew Verhagen. He smokes his fourth home run of the year over the wall in left field. Another opposite field knock for Gorman. He, he's been doing that throughout the season, taking the ball the other way. He, he looks like a completely different hitter than we saw last year. He's not trying to yank everything to right field. He's laying off the high stuff, and the numbers are showing the progress. This season, hitting 313, team leading four home runs. He's got 10 RBIs with seven walks and only eight strikeouts. Nolan Gorman of last year would have 16, 17 strikeouts by now. I, I have no doubt in my mind that he would have that many if he was still approaching his at-bats the way he was last year. Now he's not. Now he's totally different. He's leading the National League in slugging at 750, and he's second in the National League in OPS at 1.186. Nolan Gorman having a heck of a start to the season. And his go-ahead dinger made him only the fourth player in Cardinals history to hit go-ahead home runs in the eighth inning or later in consecutive games, joining Stan Musial, Jose Cruz, and Albert Pujols. So some pretty good company there. Uh, Taylor Motter, shout out to Taylor. Big RBI double in the seventh inning to extend the lead 2-4-2, to scoring uh, Tyler O'Neill on that play. 
I know Paul DeYoung is working his way back to the team. And uh, so far from everything I've heard, he hasn't been hitting very well uh, at either of his rehab stops. But is Paul DeYoung a better option than Taylor Motter, even if he is hitting a little bit better? Like, I, I don't know. I don't think so, to be honest. I really don't think so. Forget about the money that they're paying Paul DeYoung already, because that money is spent. It's gone. Okay, forget about that. Let's just look at the players themselves. Is Paul DeYoung worth more to this Cardinals team than Taylor Motter is at this point? Because Taylor Motter can play multiple positions. He was over at third base today. He can play short. He can play second. He can play first if you want him to. Paul DeYoung can't do any of that. Paul DeYoung plays shortstop, and that's it. That's all he's got for you. And offensively, I know Motter isn't lighting it up by any means, but he certainly isn't worse <laughs> than Paul DeYoung at this point. So does DeYoung have to be called up when he is finally fully healthy? I say no. I say you leave him down there until he proves that he belongs back up on this roster. But it's just a thought. I, I don't know what they're going to do. But I, I don't see any reason why you need to put Motter back down into the minors. I, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly of this series is coming up next. to Rookie Jordan Walker. Is going to fall under one of those three categories. I'll let you guess where he's going to fall. All right, video games, people who love baseball, I'm talking to you. You're the kind of person that I like because I enjoy the video games and I love baseball. And Pro Baseball GM combines your dream of being a major league GM. And it does it with the fun and the enjoyment of a video game. At one point or another, you've probably thought you could take over as the GM for the St. Louis Cardinals and do a better job than John Mosellock is doing. And maybe you can. So here's your chance to prove it. You do it with this. You'll be in charge of managing every strategic aspect of your team. You play through the season. You lead your team to glory or you go down in flames and you get fired. Uh, hiring the right coaching staff, that's part of it. You got to manage the finances. You got to do scouting. You're drafting. You're handling their difficult personalities. Not everybody's going to be a fun person to be with. Uh, navigating your franchise through free agency, the ups and downs of the season, it's all included in this game. And it's a challenging and realistic game world that Ultimate Baseball GM can provide for you. And it's completely free and playable offline, which means you can play anywhere you want to for as long as you want to. Locked on Cardinals listeners, you're getting a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code LOCKED ON in all caps in the game store. So make sure to check it out. You can download the game by visiting probaseballgm.com. You can scan the code below if you're watching on YouTube. You can see it there, or you can look it up on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. The good, the bad, and the ugly of this series against the Rockies. And luckily for us, the Cardinals won two of three, so there's a lot more good to talk about than there is bad or ugly. Uh, Jordan Walker, let's go to it, man. Made history on Wednesday in his final at-bat after his previous at-bat was taken away from him by some piss-poor umpiring behind the plate. I don't know what the hell these umps are doing. I really don't. As a guy that has umped before, maybe not at a great level, but I still did it, I don't understand why the strike zone moves for a right-hander or a left-handed hitter. So today, anything on the outside portion of the plate, like six inches outside to a right-hander, this guy was calling a strike. If it was in that same spot to a left-hander, automatic ball. That doesn't make any... The strike zone doesn't move. It shouldn't be that way. A robo-ump would have been better than what we had behind the plate today. It was frustrating, and you finally saw 
Walker kind of clapped back at an umpire today after getting called out on strikes because it was a ball and you're taking it bats away. And it's stupid. I don't understand why these umps do that. Anyway, moving on. Uh, in his last at bat, though, Walker ends up grounding one up the middle to extend his hitting streak to 12 games to start the season and his career. He is only the second player, 20 years old or younger, to do that, joining Eddie Murphy, not the comedian, but the guy who played for the Philadelphia A's back in 1912. And according to Rob Raines at stlsportspage.com, Walker's streak is the longest by a Cardinal to start the season since Matt Holiday also got a hit in his first 12 games in 2015. The last Cardinal to open the season with a 13-game hitting streak was the late Chris Duncan back in 2013. Dunk, great guy. Uh, the team record 22-game hitting streak by Joe Torre in 1971. The major league record for the longest hitting streak to begin a career is 17 games. That was done by Chuck Alano of the Reds back in 1941. Could be Alino. I've never heard of him. And uh, matched by the Rockies' David Dahl back in 2016. Walker, by the way, now hitting 319 on the season. That is tops for all rookies in Major League Baseball. He also has the most hits by any rookie in Major League Baseball as well. So the bad. Uh, we touched on this already, but that fifth inning by Miles Michaelis, tough to watch. You know, you get a single, back-to-back -back dingers, a double, a single, a sack fly, then he throws a wild pitch. The wheels just came completely off. And I don't know if he was tipping pitches or what, but to all of a sudden have a collapse like that, it's just bad. And, and for a guy who just got a nice extension from the Cardinals, who is the heir apparent to Adam Wainwright as the top veteran arm in this rotation for the next couple of years to come, it's a rough way to start things here in 2023. I expect better days. I believe in Miles Michaelis. I think he's a better pitcher than this. But when it's bad, we got to point it out. So, Miles Michaelis, you get the bad for this series. And now for the ugly. Wilson Contreras. He hasn't been bad at the plate. It's been downright ugly. I And I don't enjoy watching him hit right now. Multiple at-bats in this series. It was this. It's as if he's not even seeing the ball. Like, does he need glasses or contacts or something? Because his swings were lifeless and weak. And even when he makes contact, it's lifeless and weak. He took an O for the series against Colorado. He goes O for 12. He walks twice, uh, twice does both of that on Tuesday. He strikes out four times on the road trip, including Milwaukee. He goes one for 21 with three walks and seven strikeouts. His batting average overall has plummeted to 179. He's got no home runs. He's not driving the ball anywhere. He's only got two RBIs, and only one guy on this team that hasn't at bat is hitting worse than Wilson Contreras right now, and that's Andrew Kisner, who is batting 100. What is it? with Cardinals catchers and the inability to hit a baseball. Like Contreras was supposed to fix this black hole that was offense at the catcher position that the Cardinals have dealt with for the last couple of years, the last remaining years of Yachty. We love Yachty, but he wasn't much of a hitter the last couple of seasons. It's okay to admit that. Kisner has never been a good hitter since being called up to the major league roster. He's never been able to put together anything decent. What, what's up with this? <laughs> Why? I don't get it. Contreras leaves eight men on base this series alone. Eight. Why is he still batting fifth? I'm a firm believer that Wilson Contreras will break out of this. I do not expect 25 to 30 home runs. 
I expect it somewhere between 15 and 18 this year. I think he'll get, he'll get there eventually. But until he turns it around and starts showing something in these at-bats, because they're terrible at-bats. They're terrible. It's like he's swinging a wet noodle up there. They're awful at-bats. Why do we not slide Gorman, O'Neill, and Walker up a spot and then move Contreras down to number eight? Like, what is he doing in the number five spot that is providing any production whatsoever right now? Again, he's going to snap out of it, and he's going to be a good hitter later on, but he's not right now. He's not. He's not good. Something to think about, lineup-wise. Also, maybe a shocker to some, I love me some Brennan Donovan. Dude started at four different positions over the last four games and has been awesome out there defensively. I even tweeted today, give me 26 Brennan Donovans any day because I love him. But his batting average is now 214 with just four walks and 11 strikeouts. And his on-base percentage is at 277, which is only better than Wilson Contreras and Andrew Kisner, who I just ripped on. So that's not what you want in the leadoff spot for your, your, your team. Why is he still batting leadoff then? It'd be different if he was still getting on base and he was walking a bunch and his batting average was at 214. I could understand it. He's not doing that either. <laughs> like, switch it up, man. Maybe it's time to give Edmund another crack at the top spot. He hasn't been so bad. He's getting on base. He's not striking out much. He's walking. Why not? Maybe Newt will get a shot at the leadoff spot when he gets back. And we did get an update on Newt today. So according to Rob Rains, again, Lars Newtbar is scheduled to go on a short rehab assignment to uh, test his bruised thumb before rejoining the Major League roster. He will be going to Little Rock, Arkansas to join the AA Cardinals perhaps as early as Thursday night. Um, I love seeing Newt in the dugout again. And you saw a whole lot more of the uh, crack in the pepper. You saw that uh, in this series as well. I guess they've gotten rid of the salt shaker. That wasn't working, so they're out of there. But um, give him a shot at the leadoff spot because Donovan's not getting it done. I still love Donovan. I still think Contreras is going to be good. But when you're not producing, and what did Ollie say when he took over this job? If you're not producing, somebody else is going to step in and get that get a chance to. I'm not saying bench these guys, but I'm saying move them down. Move them down the lineup. That's my thoughts. All right, thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy baseball knowledge possible. You can find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. The other day I was working out, listening to like three episodes of uh, Locked On Fantasy Baseball because my first week in fantasy baseball wasn't great. <laughs> I, I can do better. I want to do better. I got hit by a lot of injuries. Adam Duvall going down. Really stung. Uh, but um, they give you uh, ideas of guys to pick up, waiver claims, you know, guys you should be trading for, guys you should be getting rid of. It's a it's a fun podcast. So if you like fantasy baseball, check it out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, I don't want to end on a sour note. Happy flight. The guys went back-to-back games. They win a series. Going home, the Pittsburgh Pirates come to town for a four-game series, which begins on Thursday at Bush Stadium. Jordan Montgomery will be looking to go 3-0 on the season against Vincent Velasquez for the Bucks. First pitch at 6.45 St. Louis time. Oh, by the way, the Cardinals also climbed out of the cellar of uh, the National League. They were in the basement <laughs> two games ago. They're back up now, and they're like ahead of like four or five different people. So, that's good news. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like, subscribe on YouTube. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time 
on Locked on Cardinals. 